Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Hello, everybody. This is Alex and Diana from Calvary Church. And we want to take a moment to say thank you for all of your support. Because of you, we've been able to do so much. That's right. Because of your generosity, we have been able to pour back into our city, our home, and the world over $300,000. This means that your support and your generosity has gone to change people's lives, to feed the homeless, to serve families who have been in need, children be able to go back to school and give them resources that they need, and so much more. And so we want to thank you for your continued support because of you lives are being changed and people's needs are being met. That's right. Would you partner with us? At the end of every year, we have a Heart for the House campaign. And here at the end of this year, we want to say join us as we continue to make a difference in 2024. Would you pray and consider about partnering with us and how you can come alongside on the screens of the different ways you can partner with us? We love you. Let's continue making a difference. See in verse one, he says this, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I love Thomas's honesty. This is what prayer should look like. When you read something in the Bible, you're like, yo, God, I don't know what this means. I need help. I'm just being real. I'm trying my best here. This is what Thomas is like, yo, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. And that Jesus doesn't rebuke him. He tells him, he goes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. I want to talk from this title, Heart Trouble. Heart Trouble. And again, I don't know what you came in carrying, but Jesus wants to encourage you. Jesus wants to give you an answer. Jesus wants to be with you in every circumstance of your life and be your anchor when times are troubling. So let's pray and ask God to bless our time together and leave here encouraged and better than how we came in. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for church today. We thank you for every single person that's here. Uh, God, we, we believe that there's, there's no accidents in the room today. You brought every single person for a reason and it's to meet you so you could tell them that you love them, you have a plan for their life, that you, they can trust you, Jesus. We pray for everybody here today, whatever their circumstances are, that they would leave here with this idea that they don't have to do life alone, but that you're with them, Jesus. That you wanna forgive them of their sins, you wanna be their friend, you wanna be their refuge, that you are their safe place. Anybody here that doesn't know you, Jesus, I pray today they would make the greatest decision of their life, putting their life in your hands. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. To your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, I read uh, this article recently on CNN where it talks about this guy who went to Vegas and he won $230,000 on a slot machine. The only problem is, is that there was a malfunction in the machine and so he was unaware that he won that money. And so this guy, out of town, out of the state, walks out of the casino not realizing that he's a very wealthy man. And so he goes away and the game officials, the gaming officials in that casino go on a manhunt trying to find out who this guy is to get him his money. 
And so they, they look at the surveillance videos and security cameras. They even look at what hotel he was at. They looked at his Ubers that he purchased. They looked everywhere to make sure that they can get this man his money. And so long story short, he ends up getting that money. Praise God, good for him. Because slot machines, it's like you just go in there and you wish for the best. There's no skill. And here you are getting lucky. But every, every time he walked out or every time he now wakes up every day not knowing that he was rich, he finally gets his money. Happy ending to our story. And as I read the article, I couldn't help think, like, imagine being that guy. Like, imagine going to Vegas, going in a slot machine. Nobody here would do that ever. And so that's why we're imagining, we're imagining. But imagine winning over $200,000. Like, I don't know about you, but I can use that money right now. That's grocery money. I don't know what you're talking about. That's, that is like going to Walmart, being a rich man. I was doing Walmart the other day, like Walmart Plus, and I had like looked at my cart, and it was like $100. I was like, how is this possible? I only have four things in my cart. It's like water, milk, eggs, Cheetos. That's it. Like, that's all I have. And it's already $100. So I don't know about you, but I can use some money like that. And uh, he, every day, every day, he walked out of that casino. He lived wherever he was at in his state, un unaware that he was a rich man, unaware that he had good money, unaware that he was going to have some security financially. And as I think of that story, and as I read that story, honestly, it's not too far-fetched to put ourselves in this man's shoes. Because what I'm, what I'm getting at here and what I'm trying to show us is when you have a relationship with Jesus, you're rich. You have won great wealth. You have forgiveness of your sins. Heaven is your home. Jesus is your friend, is your savior, is your rock. Is like We have so many benefits when we have Jesus in our lives. But we can live so many days unaware that we are rich. Maybe you're today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. You, you would maybe put yourself in the category of somebody that's far from God. But can I tell you, you're unaware that you can have a blessed life, that you can be rich, not earthly rich, but spiritually rich and find happiness and nothing here on this earth can give you. But we live every single day unaware. And I wonder how our attitudes would change, how we live our lives, how we get up every morning and go to work, if we realize the blessings and the benefits and the riches we have in Christ Jesus. What would change in our life? What would change in our marriage? What would change in our families? What would change in our workplace? I think the problem is why this can become difficult, even though we come on Sundays, even though we are part of Dream Team, maybe we're in a connect group and we're reading our Bible, we're doing things, we're going after God, but it can still be difficult because I think there's a battle that we all go through, which is a part of this thing called life. And the battle is that I think we can't experience the riches in Christ is because we experience riches that are counterfeit. Like, here's, here's the reality. Every blessing that Jesus has for you, there's a counterfeit to it. There's a counterfeit to everything that God has for you. And I want to share this quote by C.S. Lewis that kind of helps unpack the, the point I'm trying to get across. If we could put it up. If I find myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world, right? So we're on this journey trying to find happiness, trying to find calling, fulfillment, a reason to live. And sometimes that journey leads us to things that are counterfeit. And we wonder why even after enjoying those things, these vices, these counterfeit things that the world has to offer, we feel like there's still something missing. There's still something not right within my soul. And, and there's something, there's, I, I don't know what it is. It could be that you are meant for another world. Meaning that you're missing out on what Jesus has for you. 
and, you're, and, and you just don't know it yet. Like I said before, there's a counterfeit for everything Jesus has to offer you. I mean, there's a, a laundry list of things like, like sex. God created sex to be enjoyed in the context of marriage. But the counterfeit of that is seeing this thing that God created in the context of marriage as something you have to do before you get married. But the reality is, is you're a guy, they're a girl, it works, it's gonna be okay, you're gonna be fine. But we think that this is what we have to strive for, that I have to make this the main thing in my relationship with the opposite sex. And reality is what you're doing is you're giving peace of your soul to people that are not your husband or your wife ordained by God. And so you wonder why when you get married or you're in a relationship, there's baggage that you carry in is because you've been enjoying the counterfeit. Talk about community. God loves community. He himself is a community. He has created family and community for us to enjoy, to have people by our side. But the reality is, if we could look at our circle of friends, a lot of us wouldn't define that as community. It's just people we hang out with. Like, and, and we gotta be careful because when it comes to community, community is more than just laughing and having a good time. That's part of it. But, but who's with you when you're at the hospital? Who's there when a family member, you lost somebody that you love? Who's there when your kids are going through it? Who's there by your side helping you raise your kids? We got to be careful that we don't confuse community with, with friends that might actually be fake because what happens is we, we've, been, we've been drawn towards the counterfeit. Talk about joy, happiness, peace. Like, I think a lot of us, if we could be honest, we're trying to find happiness with Monopoly money, right? Like, like remember when you have Monopoly money, you're like, I'm the richest person in the world. Then you try to buy something in the real world and it's like, sir, we don't take that money here. And it's like... All right, awesome. It's counterfeit. It's not real. It doesn't work, but yet we try and we try and we try. And this is what happens when you have a life without Jesus. Your heart will be troubled because you're looking for satisfactions and things that one day will be destroyed and gone. Things that we cannot take with us when we leave this earth. But yet we put our whole life, we put our whole being, we put our focus and we worship these things hoping that something in our life will change if we continue going towards this path or, the, or these objects. And, and here's the thing, the disciples know what that's like, being without Jesus. The idea that I don't have Jesus in my life, I don't have security of Jesus, I don't have, I don't have uh, his presence near me, I don't have him close by, it can cause your heart to be troubled. So the disciples are here with Jesus and, and he tells them, hey guys, I go to prepare a place for you, I have to leave. I can't stay on this earth. I can't be doing this all the time. I got to go. And the moment he says this, they have extreme separation anxiety. I mean, this is the guy they've been with for three, every single day. This man changed their life. Some of them were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors. And their life was going in a direction that, that, that had no purpose, that fulfilled nothing. Yet he looks into their life and goes, hey, come follow me. I see something greater in your life. I want you to follow me and be a part of this journey. So the disciples that come from nothing now are with Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, and they see him heal people, raise people from the dead, teach people, love on people, shed tears for people, eat with him, laugh. All the things we do in a community is now Jesus saying, oh, that's, it's, the time has come for this to end. And so their hearts are troubled and we could feel this as well. I mean, you ever been through a hard time and wondered where Jesus was at during your difficult moment? You don't feel happiness. You feel anxiety, you feel confusion, you feel like, like how can Jesus do this to me? How can, he, how can he feel so far away when I need him to be close? This is what the disciples are dealing with and Jesus understands what's going on in their hearts and tells them, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. 
And what he goes on to say after this is words to encourage the disciples, but also encourage us whenever we are in the midst of feeling like God is far away or we feel like he's not near us. We feel like he's forgotten about us. He's saying, let me encourage you and tr that you could trust me that what I say has no fine print. That what I say in my word, it will come to pass. I will make it happen. If it's peace you're looking for, I am the Prince of Peace. If it's salvation you're looking for, I died on the cross for you. If it's family you're looking for, I believe in family. Like the word is all God's promises and he's not going to take it back. There is no lie. And Jesus was like, hey, so I, know, I know your hearts are troubled, but, but can you trust me? And what we see here is, I think... If we can put what Jesus says in this conversation in a statement or in a couple other sentences is this, it's like Jesus never wanted us to have a life without trouble. That was never the plan. Like, like when we are born, we are born into sin. The world is broken. The world is fallen. And so trouble is going to find us every single day. Like, like we can't run from it. It's a part of the fallen world that we live in. So Jesus never wanted us to have a life without trouble, but he promised that we could have an untroubled heart even in a troubled life. So even if everything around you is troubling you, is pressuring you, it is beating you down, your heart does not have to be troubled because you can trust Jesus as your anchor to whatever it is you're dealing with. That may not feel good, you may not like it, but your heart, your spirit, what's happening inside of your attitude, your mindset can be untroubled because Jesus is with you. Changes everything when you're like, okay, I know there's going to be trouble that comes my way, but I'm going to have Jesus and trust in him that he's going to give me the power to take care of what needs to be taken care of within me, even when happen life happens. So the answer to trouble is trust. Can we trust Jesus when trouble comes knocking on our door? Think about this story in 1998, there was a, or 1988, excuse me, there was this man named Eddie or Ed Kahan. And he was somebody who loved to ski. It was a hobby, but he got really good at it. He wanted, to, he wanted to take his skill to the next level. And so his whole mission, his whole goal, his dream was to compete in the 1988 Winter Olympics, which is an awesome dream. What a goal. What a, what a vision for your life. The problem is he had no vision because he was blind. <laughs> like literally cannot see. Like has... has you look at his life, it's like, this, how's it, this guy's going to die. This guy's going to kill himself. There's no way he can ski without his eyes. Can't see in front of him. He can't see the slopes. Can't see the trees. And, and so how does this man make his dream come true? Well, what happens is for him to train, for him to get prepared for this goal, his son, Eddie, would ski alongside of him and shout left, right, tree ahead, ramp ahead, slope ahead. He would give him communication to allow him, though he cannot see, to know where he's going. Think about this training. It's either complete trust or catastrophe. It's like you either, you completely trust the voice that you are hearing or you're going to die or be severely injured. But the article where he's talking about this, I love what he says. Eddie says that he was a better skier now than he was before he was blind. Because he once feared large rocks, some steep runs, now he handedly skis over them. This is what he says. With a lack of sight, when you can't see something to be afraid of, you aren't afraid. When you can't see anything to be afraid of, you're not afraid. And so instead of entrusting in his own sight, he had to trust the voice of somebody else. 
And some of us are looking at the future of our life, living in this what-if world, and it scares us to death because we're looking ahead and not trusting the voice of Jesus, telling him, telling us that he has our future, he's for us and not against us. And I wonder what would happen if we stopped looking ahead and started hearing the voice of Jesus, the voice of the Holy Spirit encouraging us. I may not know what's in front of me, but I know who's beside me. And I know who's next to me. And I know who my anchor is. And I know who my Savior is. And I'm not going to worry about the rocks or the slopes because I have Jesus in my ear telling me where to go, what to say, and what to do with my life. That's trust. Trust is living life blind, not knowing what's coming next, and saying, I'm better off for it. And saying, whatever comes my way, I'm going to trust that Jesus is not going to allow me to hit a rock. Jesus is not going to allow me to hit a tree. That Jesus will tell me the direction for my life, for my family, for my future, because he loves me. So the answer to trouble is trust. And can we trust like that? So for the rest of our time together, I want to just echo the words of Jesus in our scripture, because this is literally, this is literally what he's saying. He's, he's convincing the disciples and us, hey, I'm trustworthy. I'm telling you all this so you can trust me, so your hearts won't be troubled, and you can live the mission with faith, not fear. And he goes, hey, I got to go prepare a place for you. And there's three major benefits of me doing this. I have to go. I have to do this. So you can reap these benefits, so you can be blessed, and you can trust me. So, so why can we trust Jesus? Well, the first reason we can trust Jesus is because with Jesus, our future is secure. Jesus tells them, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in me. As you, believe in God as you also believe in me. My Father's house has many rooms. What Jesus is saying here is the moment you put your trust in him, heaven is your home. Heaven is your home. Like you think about his father's house, God's house, heaven. It's going to be a place of love and joy, and, and, and it's a real place. Notice Jesus is not saying that this is a place that's in renovation. It's a place of fictitious belief. No, he's telling the disciples, hey, I got to go, I got to go to this place that is, is, it's real. It exists. I know what happens after death. There is life, eternal life. And I go there now to prepare a place for you. He's letting people know. He's letting the disciples know, hey, where I'm going is real. And, and, and one day you're going to be with me and we're going to be together and it's going to be awesome in paradise. I mean, look at scripture gives us very vague hints of what heaven's going to look like. But what we know for sure, what scripture tells us is that heaven is going to be a literal paradise. Scripture tells us that heaven is going to be a place where there is no night, there is no darkness, there is no crying, there is no pain, there's no death, there's no sadness. It's, it's a beautiful home. And the best part is that God has a place for you. It's a place for you. I don't know what your home situation looks like. I don't know what home, the definition of that for you is like. I know in Christmas time, we look at everything and it's supposed to be perfect and awesome and everybody has to have it all together. But home for you maybe is, is violent. Maybe it's arguing all the time. Maybe it's lonely. Maybe there's separation. Maybe it's not perfect. Maybe it's all over the place. But what Jesus is promising you is that despite your home here on earth, he has a perfect one waiting for you where there is no more arguing, there is no more violence, there is no more bickering, there is no more backstabbing, there's no more screaming and shouting, there's no more issues, there's no more, it, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. But not only that, you don't have to wait to heaven to have community, to have a home. You can find it here in this church. 
like when we say welcome home, we're not saying welcome to this building. We're saying welcome to our family. I love that yesterday I was at this wedding officiating for some youth leaders that got married and, and it's just a beautiful thing to see people that you've done life with taking such a, a monumental step. But then you look to the left and to the right, there's other people that go to this church and, and you've put years with these people and you've gone through life with these people and they haven't left and they haven't gone and they're loyal to you and they're loyal to Jesus and they're loyal to each other. And what happens is it's, it's you, you create a family. So whenever I come to this building, it's not the building that makes it home, it's the people. I love, I love Calvary Youth Friday nights is because of the people I do the ministry with. My friends, the inside jokes, the laughing, the praying is family. And you can experience that even if your, your earthly family is a mess, you can have a home in Jesus. It's not perfect. We're no perfect people are in here. We're not going to have it all together as well, but, but we follow Jesus and we make sure that we live by a standard that, that, that even if there are issues, they get resolved. If there is prayers, we're going to pray. If there is money that needs help, we're going to take care of each other because that's what family does and that's what home should look like. And you can find that in Jesus. Your future can be secure. And the beautiful thing about heaven is that, like I said earlier, it's not just something we, we look forward to in the future, but it's something that can help us in our present. Like heaven is an assurance that whatever goes on in our life right now, whatever struggle you're dealing with, whatever hardship you are going through right now, you can look to heaven and you can remind yourself that what you're dealing with right now is gonna be gone one day. Like the news you see on TV and the violence and all the craziness happening in the world, the political strife, everything is, is gonna be gone, gone. Because in heaven, we're gonna have new bodies creating Jesus, being with people that we are reunited with, with family, with friends, where there is no more suffering, where there is no more pain, and that can give us joy here on earth. You don't believe me? Well, it worked for Jesus. Look what it says in Hebrews 12 too. It says this, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think about that. Jesus on the cross was thinking about the future that one day some of us in this room would say yes to a relationship with him and have joy, have salvation. And on that cross where there's pain, there's suffering, he had joy, not suffering. He had joy. He was thinking ahead. What's my future? See, some of us, we look at our future and it scares us. But with Jesus, we can look at our future. And yes, sometimes our human emotions, may, we, we may have some fear creep in, but then we can revert that fear and go, no, I have faith that if God said it, he, he's going he's gonna to do it. He's for me. He's not against me. He goes before me like I'm going to be okay and turn that fear into joy, knowing that God is before me. The heaven is my home, and despite everything happening in my life right now, heaven is guaranteed for me. And so I'm going to take everything I have going on in my life right now, and I'm going to put it into the hands of Jesus. And he's going to fulfill the promises he told me he was going to fulfill. Your future can be secure. Second reason you can trust Jesus is because your present is clear. Jesus has your future. He has amazing things that await you. But he also has plans for you right now. Things he wants to, he knows what you're going through right now and he wants to help you. Let's go back to what Thomas says. So Jesus goes, hey, I go to prepare a place for you. My father's house has many rooms. And Thomas goes, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. We don't know what you're talking about. And what happens? Jesus gives him a very 
vague answer. Like if I'm Thomas, it's like, Jesus, you didn't give me a, a location, a pinpoint, nothing. You didn't tell me where you're going. You just said three lines. I have no idea what these mean. All right, like Jesus was very, <laughs> he was very into just telling you something that was very vague. But if we unpack it, it's one of the most beautiful things he can ever say to somebody. Thomas goes, Go, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. And what does Jesus tell him? He goes, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And nobody gets to my father's house except through me. And so very vague, no details, but, but, but stay with me here. Because I think it's, these, are the, these are the most beautiful words Jesus could tell us. And when we're, we're, our hearts are troubled, we can repeat this to ourselves, memorize it in our spirit, and say it over our lives over and over, and it can encourage us. See, what's so significant about Jesus being the way? Well, maybe you're here today and you feel like you have no direction for your life. You, you literally don't know what you're supposed to do with your life. Have no idea. You're bouncing around from one job to the next job and one job to another job and the job you're actually in right now, you're just doing it for the money, but it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't fulfill that calling that you feel like it's inside of you. You don't know what's next. You don't know where to go. Maybe some of you, you don't, you don't know what college to go to. You don't know what major to pick. Some of you are dating right now and you're like, I don't know if this is the right person for me. You're, you're, you're navigating life, but you have no direction and it's scary. What does Jesus say? He says, he's the way. He's the way. Maybe you're today and you're confused. You don't know what to think about anything. You don't know, about, you don't know what to think about politics. You don't know what to think about what, what's happening in your family, in your marriage. You're just confused. You're like, why are these things happening to me? Maybe you have confusion with your body your sexuality. You, there's things in your life just confusing you. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. I, don't, I, I feel like I see one article and this article makes sense to me, but then I read another one. That one makes sense to me. Uh, I read the Bible, but then I read this. And you're, it's just, what am I supposed to think? Jesus says he's the truth. Jesus is the truth. There's no gimmicks. There's no confusion. What is in this word is truth. Whether we like it or not. The one thing we don't have to do is think about it. It's clear. Maybe you're today and you feel dead inside. You don't know if you can keep on living. You're living. I mean, you're alive, but you're not really living. You're kind of just going through the motions. You wake up every day and you're like, what am I supposed to do? What's my purpose? I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a mom. We married too young. I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel dead inside. On the outside, I'm happy, but on the inside, I'm not. What does Jesus say? I am the life. Real life, true life, abundant life, not counterfeit. You feel dead inside, Jesus is the life. You feel confused, he's the truth. You, you, you lost your way, he is the way. I love this quote, don't know who, who said it, but I wanna share it with you. It says this, without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no living. I am the way which thou must follow, the truth in which thou must believe, the life for which thou must hope. Jesus is the answer that you've been looking for. He is the one you've been praying to, even though you don't know who you're praying to, it's Jesus. He hears you, he's for you. He doesn't want you to be confused anymore. He wants to give you truth. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you direction for your life. And he wants you to live a real life. Not just going through the motions, but one that you could be proud of. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Your present, your right now can be clear. 
last thing and the band can come up. Another reason why we could trust Jesus is because your, your, your past is forgotten. What does Jesus say with these guys? He goes, hey, um, you, you, see me, you used to see me one way, but now you're gonna see me this way. In the past, you didn't realize that I was God. You had no idea. Yeah, you, you had an idea that I was close to God. You had an idea that I could do something supernatural, but, but you guys got too close to me that you couldn't even see that I am God in human form. Like to know Jesus is to know God. He is the perfect representation of the God, the Father. And the disciples did not know it. And what does he go? He goes, you used to think one way, now, now you know him. Now you've seen God. I've told you that I'm God. I, I've, you can't be confused anymore. I've told you from now on your past and what you thought about me is gone. You see me this way from now on. So the question I have for you is in your past, how have you seen God? Who is Jesus to you? Maybe you're, you've been a Christian for many years and you, you still wrestle with who Jesus is to you. Just a good teacher, has some tweetable quotes every now and then in the verses that you could put up. He, he says some nice things. I believe he was a real person. I just don't know if he really resurrected. I wrestle with that. Like, I don't know. He, you know, he says some good things like Buddha and, and Muhammad. Like, like I'm, all, I'm all for all religion. Like, like, who is Jesus to you? Because Jesus is telling us right here to disciples who had trouble in their hearts, who did not even know, I'm God. I'm God. And if you don't see Jesus as God, It'll be tough for you to believe anything that he ever says or to experience love from God. You see God one way, but then you look at Jesus and you see what Jesus did. It's like, I didn't know God was like this. So Jesus saying, hey, whatever you thought about me in the past, forgot about that. You know, you know God now. You know God now. And now you can trust me. I want to conclude with this story. I've shared this in messages before. I just think it's, it's a powerful, powerful article. And I think it ties into what we're trying to talk about today, trusting Jesus and, and knowing that a relationship with Jesus is the thing that you might be missing. It's an article that 60 Minutes did or an interview that 60 Minutes did with Tom Brady. It was after he won his third uh, Super Bowl ring. And he sat down with 60 Minutes correspondent, Steve Croft, and he interviewed him and just asked him like, hey man, like, how are you feeling? What do you think about your life? What's ahead? Asking him just normal questions you would, you would ask a celebrity or somebody of, of great stature. And this is what Brady asks or tells Steve Croft. These are quotes and you can look this up on YouTube. He goes, there's times where I'm not the person that I wanna be. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think that there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life, me, I thank God. It's gotta be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. What else is there for me? And mind you, he won four more Super Bowls after this and got married to a supermodel. Everything you think would make you happy. This man doesn't know. So the interviewer goes, okay, well, Tom, what's the answer? What do you think you're missing? And Tom goes, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. You see, you can't find life in a place that is meant to die. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. You can have the Super Bowl rings. You can have the, 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 the person of your dreams. You can name, 
I wish you had everything you had. I think Jim Carrey says that, I wish everybody would get everything that they would want it so they see it's not enough. And he was speaking about money. And, and it's like, when are we gonna get the picture that the stuff that we want so badly, the counterfeit, will one day be gone before our eyes and the only thing we take up to heaven is our soul, that Jesus wants to be his home. And that's where life happens. That's where real life starts. And so, what does trusting God look like? How do we find real life? Trusting God means looking past what we can see to what God sees. And God sees something incredible for your future. God sees something amazing for your family. Whatever you see right now, God sees something better for it. And, and we trust God, going, God, if you see it, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna have faith that you're gonna provide for what we need, that, that your love is gonna be made real when I don't feel lovable, that your grace is for me, that it's not a gimmick, that even though I sin, you still forgive me, that this is not a joke, that I really gave my life to you. God sees something for your future that's incredible. But can you see it? Can you see it? Because until you see it, until you see that the things that you're going to for life are killing you, you'll be missing out. You'll be missing out. And the worst thing I think of in life is living with regret. I got saved at 17. I wish I would've got saved earlier. I really, I, I wish I would've got saved. It would've saved me a lot more trauma that I had in my life. A lot of things that I did that I regret. Regret is terrible. I think about the guy that won the 200K. What if they found the guy and he goes, no, nah, I don't need the money, thanks. I'm okay. I'm gonna keep on living the same way I've been living. That's what it's like to say no to Jesus. You hit the jackpot. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to pull a lever. You didn't have to do anything. Jesus did everything for you. Jesus paid the price on the cross. Jesus is the one that defeated hell, death, and sin. Jesus is the one that resurrected from the grave. Every other religious deity, you can find their graves on Google Maps, but Jesus is the one that rose from the grave, and we believe that he's alive today. And you can find true life if you put your hope and faith and your attention and your whole being and throw it in his hands, and you're gonna come out of the other side a winner. You're gonna have richness that you couldn't even imagine. But can you see it? Why don't we stand up to our feet as we wrap this up? Just give you an opportunity to accept Jesus. And again, Jesus did all the work. Jesus came down from heaven, was born as a baby. What we're celebrating in Christmas, our Savior born in a manger, where donkeys ate, where pigs would sleep, a disgusting place, the lowest bottom of the barrel place. Our Savior was born there. That was plan, that was step one of his plan. Not a palace, not a kingdom. He went down to the lowest of places. His starting point was already, it's unimaginable. What's even crazier is that he didn't even stay there. He grew up to be a man and his whole plan, his whole mission was to die. He, not only is he born in a manger, at least he born in a kingdom, enjoy the kingdom life for a little bit. No, in a manger, his path was always towards death. But that was the plan. That's the way to save the world, is that the Son of God would come down from heaven to earth, grow up to be a man. He would teach, he would heal, he would cast out demons, he would do incredible ministry, but ultimately what he came to do was down the cross for you and for me. So what happens, he does that very exact thing. Here's what you need to know. Jesus wasn't taken to the cross. He went to the cross. 
He gave up his life for you and for me so you can trust him. He's trustworthy. He loves you. He had joy in his heart on the cross thinking about you in this very moment right here. He did all the work. He was the one beaten. He was the one tortured. He was the one falsely accused. He was the one abandoned by his friends. He was the one, he was the one that did all the work. He was the one on that cross. He was the one that resurrected. He was the one, the one, the one that defeats our sin and death. He is the one. But there comes to a place where the story does become about Jesus, but at some point the story does become about us and the decision that we make. And so in this moment, this Christmas season, can I, can I tell you the greatest gift and the greatest decision that you can make for your life is putting your trust in Jesus. With every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're in this place and you're saying, Phil, that's me. I, 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 am, I am in debt of all the counterfeit things that I have. I am hitting dead end after dead end. I feel like there's something missing. I feel like there's more for me. I feel like I've tried everything. I feel like I have everything, but yet there's still something missing. My friend, can I tell you, this is, this is your moment. You want to leave here with your sin forgiven. You want to leave here with true joy. You want to leave here with direction, with truth, with real life. It starts with accepting that Jesus is your Savior. Nothing on this planet can save you. So you're saying, Phil, that's me. I want, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to have a brand new beginning. I want to have a brand new start. I want to, I want to have my, 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 my past forgotten about. I want to have a brand new beginning today, this Christmas season. With nobody looking around, every eye closed, every head bowed. All I'm going to ask you is lift up your hand. I just want to see who I'm praying for. But you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You want to have your sins forgiven. You want to know that one day when you go to heaven, hands already going up. When you go to heaven, there's a room with your name on it. Today's your day. So on the count of three, you lift up your hands. One, two, three. God bless you. 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 I see you. can put your hands down. Amazing. Yeah. We're going to celebrate you here in a moment. But I want to lead you in a prayer. If you raise your hand, this prayer that, that I'm going to share, it's, it's you talking to Jesus. And it's you making a commitment to put your trust into Him. And you're going to have questions. You're going to have things in your life. That, but don't worry, we'll, we'll get to that step. Right here, right now, this is you talking to Jesus and having your life forever changed. And church, we're going to say this with our new brothers and sisters. To repeat after me prayer, and it goes like this. Lord Jesus, open up my heart to invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I love you and I thank you. And everybody said, come on, let's put our hands together. Yeah, so many hands went up. Amazing. Thank you so much, brother. Hey, this, this really is a special day. And uh, if you raise your hand, uh, we know, like I said earlier, you may have questions. I remember making the same decision that you made at 17 going, okay, I'm a Christian. 
what do I do next? Like, what, what is this? How does this work? And uh, don't worry, we got you. That's what this family, this church home is for. And so after service, don't, there's, it's a beautiful day outside. Don't run to your car just yet. And uh, we want to get you a gift. If you raise your hand, we got a gift for you. There's an awesome Bible in here that's super easy to read. We have an amazing team out there that want to just get, get you hooked up. This gift is free of charge. We're not going to ask you for money, nothing like that. We just want to give this to you and bless your day and bless you in this moment. And so meet us at the Connect Tent. The nicest people on planet Earth are awesome. So don't run your cars. Come see them. Get this gift. And I uh, believe it's going to bless your life. Let's put our hands together one more time. All those hands that went up. Yeah. I hope that you have an incredible week. Hope that you start inviting friends and family for Christmas Eve services. It's going to be an awesome, awesome Sunday. But I'll pray for your week as we worship one more time. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are trustworthy. We thank you that you love us and you care for us. Bless us this week. Bless our marriages, our families, and our homes. We love you, Jesus, and we give you all the thanks. And everybody say, amen. God bless you, church. I'll see you out front.